Hi guys, here we are today with Victor Mach, um, um, Chief of Staff, um, Chief of Staff of Go to Market at Bloomridge. Uh, Victor, good to have you with us. How are you? Very well. Great to be here. Um, so let's jump into this. Uh, Bloomreach, you know, what is Bloomreach? What is it you guys are building? Um, where are you guys at in your process? Yeah, so we are a e-commerce software platform um, offering primarily two main solutions. Um, we are focusing on building our customer data platform and marketing execution um, piece of the product. And we also have very strong on-site search and merchandising capabilities. And together, um, we believe it forms a, um, you know, it, it provides a unique value uh, to our uh, B2B clients. At this point, we have more than 1,000 um, 400 brands represented amongst our customers and uh, amongst the likes of Puma, Next, Boohoo, m and and Pandora. Um, at this point, we power more than 25% of B2C e-commerce in the UK and the US. Um, so, you know, we have been um, on this journey for a little while. The company was founded back in 2009 and we have, you know, scaled the business to now over 150 million in ARR and um, more than 1,000 employees. So it has certainly changed um, over the years of its existence. But, you know, those are the two primary products we are focusing on. And um, the world of e-commerce marketing is where we are hoping to cause a, you know, significant transformation in the years to come. And I mean, in terms of that significant transformation, um where are you guys where are you guys then at in your journey because obviously it's a competitive space you guys are at the forefront um of of this industry and it's something that i think we try at rayon i mean we try to encourage more companies to focus earlier and earlier on um and again tools like yours i guess they create a cutting edge advantage Indeed. So, you know, our like overarching mission for, for the company is to deliver um, ma magical and measurable experiences uh, for people and businesses, but all between within the space of um, online shopping experiences. So, you know, the more concrete vision is that every customer experience is potentially as personalized as to the individual from the first interaction to the lifetime of the relationship. And, you know, we start seeing this more and more often in the market where, you know, just standing up the um, online shop is not enough. You need to stand out from the crowd. And personalization is one of those vehicles, um, how a company can stand out as early as, you know, in the initial stages. Um, and I think it is indeed, as you had commented on, really important that companies um, in the e-com space, um, pay attention to their digital um, tool suites and, and understand how the different, you know, data elements of what they are working, it connect to their intelligence and that connects to the execution layer. As, you know, we see it often um, later down the road, the um, overall uh, tech suite um, starts getting so convoluted and, and bloated um, that, uh, you know, achieving anything close to real-time personalization becomes, you know, very difficult, if not impossible. So um, I agree that thinking about it, you know, early stage is really important. 
but so so what does the experience look like in terms of like uh from the from the user's perspective what's their journey going to look like in like two three years time from now how how are we going to shape and change the way in which companies go about buying products and the way in which uh, consumers interact with with companies that's a great question and you know i um must say that i myself am focused more um on the go to market piece of things but um our product the engineering team will tell you that um you know the upcoming years will be nothing but close to um you know a um e-commerce experience revolution and and i believe um you know i their their opinion very strongly so you know uh, i think one um very significant change um to the customer experience will be caused by um ai and uh, um you know generative uh, language models you know we if anything um have been fascinated by the um like um scalability of um machine learning solutions for many years um ai sits at the very core um of the bloomreach uh product suite and if you look at our on-site search experience um or the marketing automation we have been playing with um you know functional machine learning models for a very long time but now with the introduction of generative ai i believe the um average um digital seeker experience um on the website will uh transform accordingly so you know, a lot of um, current e-commerce websites operate on the premise that you as the shopper um, are searching for a specific product um, and you already have a good idea of what you would like to purchase. Um, I believe that in the future, the most successful um, e-commerce companies will be those that are capable of tailoring to um, the more of a seeker persona as uh, our product and engineering team believe so as well. So, you know, getting closer to a guided experience um, on the online website, almost um, akin to what you would experience in a uh, real shop if you're working with um, a product expert on site. So, and, and their generative AI in combination with uh, conversational shopping or conversational search will play um, a, a tremendous role. Did you um, see Apple's, uh, 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 sorry, VR headset they released this week, or at least they <laughs> demoed? Yeah, unfortunately, I can't comment on that in, I, in the great detail. But, but no, but I, I kind of, it, it falls in line with like really what you're talking about is this, this personalized personalization uh, for the customer. And in the future, um, like you say, it's, I, I guess it's going to be faster. It's going to be, uh, more virtual, I guess you know, mm -hmm. and I guess in and in other ways, it's also going to be a uh, uh, more secure for the for the individual. Um, just just going back to um, the, like the foundations of the company. Um, mm -hmm. why was the company set up? Because I mean, was it was this the, the initial mission? I mean, it seems like it was like two thousand nine. I mean, it was ahead of its time in terms of what what their thinking was. Surely. So uh, it's it's important to say that, you know, the mission and vision of the company um, transformed over the years. And, and, you know, I've been in the company for um, just about four years. So 
um, parts of this uh, mission have been constructed um, well before my time. Um, but, um, you know, from the very beginning, I think personalized shopping experience uh, was at the core of what Bloomreach was um, trying to accomplish. Of course, with the, um, you know, growing product suite, um, we believe that we are now closer than ever. Um, and, you know, the future is far more exciting because of what the new technology like generative AI now enables, which of course in 2009 would not be uh, even remotely possible. But, you know, we uh, in 2009, having begun with our SEO uh, module and search and merchandising on site, um, already had the vision of, you know, your um, experience as a shopper is much better off um, when upon your first or second visit, um, the uh, website recognizes your shopping pattern and is able to um, tailor the product recommendations and search queries um, to what you are looking for. So I believe that, you know, the mission hasn't really changed, um, but it has certainly been elaborated on. And, you know, new um, technology has um, enabled us to bring it to reality in a light where, um, you know, that would be impossible in the past. And also important to mention, Bloomreach has done two significant acquisitions um, over the years. One in 2016, um, acquiring a very powerful uh, content management system. And then in 2021, um, acquiring Exponia, um, a... Um, platform focusing on the customer data analytics and marketing automation. So, you know, it is with these three products essentially now natively combined together um, that the offering becomes quite unique. And it will allow your customers to discover the products that they need. Absolutely. So that's the vision. I mean, um, no. you know, the, the vision is uh, that a customer um, using... Um, uh, Bloomreach, like Next or Boohoo, um, is capable of tailoring everything from how um, the data is collected and then running the uh, intelligence analytics on top of that, um, you know, to then bring those insights across all the different channels of engaging with your customer across the e-commerce marketing journey, right? So be it a personalized email experience, um, SMS, or the website experience itself, where you personalize the um, search um, experience on the website or even the actual appearance um, of your front-end experience upon even you know, in-session interactions. And that's where the um, real-time element uh, really starts playing a key role. So um, you know, as you had mentioned at the very beginning, the market that we are in is extremely saturated. Uh, it's, it's very busy. Um, there is a lot of competition. I will gladly talk about the market if you are interested in that uh, later. Very much so. But well, did you, I mean, yeah. oh, sorry, I didn't interrupt you. I was just about to say that uh, it is that unique native combination of uh, all of our solutions, which um, you know enables some of that real time um, personal personalization, distinguishing us from um, having to connect so many different point solutions together. Um, to come up with something at least remotely similar. So, I mean, it starts with product data and yeah. it ends with customer loyalty. That's what it, so that's what it comes down to. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, like in terms of your role, chief of staff of go-to-market, um, 
obviously I, you know that yeah that I, I love that title first of all um and I've said to you that I, I think uh more more companies need to focus on their go-to-market strategy but I mean for Bloomreach for yourself what what is your responsibility and uh like where, where does your where's your position really sit that's a great question. So, um, you know, with these cross-functional roles, it's uh, very specific to each company. And having been in the business for um, several years, I had tried um, multiple roles across the client services team before uh, trans transitioning to the slightly more um, go-to-market side of things. So um, I, I think, you know, the chief of staff role uh, in most businesses um tailors to the specific chief of staff and um, their their expertise, their skills. Um, myself coming from the um, you know client um, facing side of things, I had a good understanding of our product suite, um, of the typical pain points our um, prospects and customers feel and need to alleviate. So, you know, we had also then tailored my focus to the go-to-market rather than the overall organization. So um, I help predominantly marketing and sales, but also with a little bit of um, our delivery, because of course it is the full cycle when you think about go-to-market, not just, um, you know, the marketing and selling, especially for B2B SaaS companies where success cannot be faked. Sure. Um so my current role includes a lot of uh, what I would title executive analytics. Um, so those are, you know, very unique uh, analytical projects that need to be um, done and then um, recommendations and um, uh, actions to be put into place. Um, but then I do, you know, the more typical things like go-to-market annual planning, target setting, forecasting, um, bring the um insights from collected data to our c-suite and individual vps of marketing sales and um other extended leadership team members plus uh, there is an element of project management to my job i like to say that i usually project manage owner ownerless areas of strategic importance um where you know you perhaps wouldn't be able to assign a long-term team at least from the get-go uh, I jump on, build the foundations, and then hand it over to another team in the company, like, for example, the revenue operations team or uh, marketing operations team. Could I simplify that? And correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you just have a lot of freedom with that part of your role. And it, it, it is trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, freedom is a very subjective term. So I you know, often pay attention to the most urgent areas in the business. So it isn't, um, you know, perhaps uh, as much freedom in terms of being able to choose um, what to set my attention to, but um, it is very diverse that, that I can say for sure. So, um, you know, those um, independent ownerless areas of strategic importance um, vary greatly quarter to quarter. Um, you know, and it's coming to a year um, of me being in this new role. So um, even in those 12 months, and there have been many different areas of the business that um, I've had a chance to contribute to and, um, you know, learn more about through um, being in the chief of staff role. Well, you know, I, I mean, I have to say that I'm speaking with a lot of companies now um, who are apprehensive about the current trajectory of the market. I mean, but mm. Bloomreach, you guys must be very excited um, to be in the space that you're in. 
um and to have like the opportunity right right now that you guys have and i appreciate you mentioned that it's a saturated market but it's also it's also a market where i guess that you know the best really do stand out um i think in your role would i be correct in thinking that do you well do you get to define like who you want to work with in terms of the customers or do you mm -hmm. have you do so so how, how does that work from a go-to-market perspective yeah so i um tap a little bit into the market analysis um and work very closely with our product marketing team and um our uh, you know sales colleagues as well so it's a team effort uh, as you can imagine in a company of our size um but you know like yes we are very excited about the um potential of the digital you know commerce market it, it continues to explode so when you look at our uh total adjustable market um there are no signs of it slowing down uh whilst you know the covid period had presented a um pretty uh atypical spike um it it does continue to grow and you know when i recall the last time i was you know like very hands on uh, on the numbers was probably in 2021 i think back then we were forecasting um and and calculating our tam uh to grow by at least 100% in the next um i think it was 4 years so by 2025 and you know that that vision is certainly maturing um the the market is growing but as you had pointed out the competition is great uh, I would probably take back the word saturated uh, in light of the market growth. Um, there certainly is uh, space for um, many great companies to exceed, you know, uh, alongside each other, um, given how much the um, market uh, grows year, year on year. But, you know, the, the competition is there. Uh, we compete with the big uh, legacy companies um, in marketing commerce clouds. So, Salesforce, SAP, Emersis, Oracle, um, etc. But there are also many similar smaller solutions, um, similar to maybe the size of our company. Um, in, for example, Brazen, um, I think Coveo is also quite uh, renowned after having gone recently public. Um, so you know there are the the big players and the the legacy competition, and then there are also the smaller point solutions uh, which compete with us and. Actually, you know, the um, pitfalls of the market uh, are often in being able to um, de differentiate uh, the the nuances of the different solutions. Uh, we can touch upon that later if that's of interest. But uh, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. look, I mean, look, I mean, you know, the, the the fact is is that companies now it is harder for them to stand out and it's harder for them to differentiate themselves. And I think, you know with a company that's growing and has grown as fast as you guys uh, have grown, how do you continue to stand out, right? And how do you continue? In fact, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to stick with that yeah. one, about the company culture, but I think that's a yeah. big enough question. Uh... It's, yeah, so it, that, that's a tough one. Um, and it is certainly a big piece of what I do uh, or what I at least try to focus on. Um you know, in the in the space that is uh, as as lucrative and uh, as fast growing as ours, um, you see um, many companies um, 
presenting their solutions uh, in a very similar light. And clear product differentiation um, is, in my opinion, key to um, you know succeeding in the market. I think you know there is an element to this um, which is quite uh, simple, and like that's just be honest with your customers. Um, too many companies, in my opinion, are playing the you know so-called buzzwords bingo, um, and it confuses the buyers. So everyone is some kind of omni-channel marketing. Um, everyone emphasizes the importance of customer data, um, but you know what does your product really do? Um, so we try to be very, very um, intentional about highlighting the unique use cases um, that our solutions power, um, especially in combination um, with those two um, slightly um, separate products that we offer. So, you know, we um, have invested a lot of time and effort um, into building a very clear, readable use case library um, on our website. Um, our marketing and sales campaigns um, are very concrete to the actual business impact that integrating our solution um, can have to the potential buyer. Um, and I think that, you know, that that's the path to success. Um, Another pretty important piece for us is um, democratizing early access to our solution. We are um, very confident in the solution being, you know, unique enough for it to speak for itself. Um, I think there is this um, slightly unpopular belief. Um, sorry, there is this popular belief that B two B SaaS companies don't need to think about product led growth um, or PLG. Um, our product and marketing team and I um, don't believe that at all. So, um, you know, investment into the PLG motion and um, product-led sales uh, continue, continues to be one of our key priorities alongside clear product differentiation and, um, you know, the um, emphasis on real business ROI versus just uh, talking about these um, high-level words that often have very little value to a potential buyer. And in terms of background, like what were you doing before Bloomreach? What's your story? So my my uh, individual story um, is, uh, you know, back um, at university, I studied politics and, um, and law. So nothing to do with um, fast-growing software technology. But uh, throughout my studies, I had tried to focus myself um, as much on the cyber uh, aspects uh, of uh, the nascent law building as possible. So I was you know, extremely interested in uh, the new data privacy, data tra trading laws that are coming out uh, in the EU. And I had actually written my dissertation on um, the impact of data privacy um, on the development of AI. Um, especially within the European Union, but it was a commentary on um, the international competition as well. And I think it was then uh, that I understood that I want to be a part of something, you know, truly scalable and um, impactful at the level of Bloomreach um, or at least a similar solution. So, you know, afterwards I started working in um, Exponia a, uh, as one of the earlier employees. And at, uh, you might recall from a few minutes ago, that startup was later on acquired by Bloomreach. And post the acquisition, I um, had the chance to head 
one of the customer services teams. I was responsible for scaling customer and partner education programs um, across the integrated product suite. So there was a fantastic learning opportunity that then brought me to, um, you know, being promoted to my current role. And 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 in in terms of um, sales success and business success, I mean, I think I've mentioned to you before that I believe companies wait too long to start selling their products. I mean, mm. I, and what I mean by that is that obviously your product has to be superior in order for the market to take to it. But one thing that I think we did quite well at Rayon is we started building up the network, like the relationships super early on so that when we had the product, we then already had the relationships in place to sell it. Um, what would be your your advice, given your experience, on what companies should be doing when it comes to their attitude towards sales and building a sales culture? Hmm. I would say it really depends um, on on the product offering itself. Um, I think with you know today's technology, it is quite. Uh, plausible to penetrate market with um you know a pure plg motion um when it comes to b2c companies um but even for a pure uh, product-led growth player i would probably advise to later on start looking into um building up pieces of the more traditional sales model as well i think you can you know clearly see it in um success stories like asana or um, um, or um, Slack, you know, that have grown uh, tremendously through the product-led growth motion at the beginning, but had uh, eventually very successfully invested into diversifying the sales motion also with a more traditional approach. Um, but when it comes to the B2B uh, SaaS space, those are the two only industries I can, you know, really comment on from my experience. Um, I think the um, innovative in quotation marks, uh, traditional sales method um, is still, you know, the best way to go. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm really answering your question um, in terms no, of uh, early steps um, no, for a company. Early steps. I, I, sorry, I, I, I think actually, I'm, yeah, I'm quite happy to hear the answer you've given in terms of the fact that I still think inevitably business comes down to people's relationships with other people. Mm. And I think that too many companies, whether they're early stage or scale ups or uh, you know more mature companies, uh, they forget that, and they try and come up with all these very fancy ways of selling. But mm. actually, I, I think the best way really is just like building relationships, right? Because you can have the best product in the world but you still need to be able to communicate that. And the best way to communicate that is to have a customer that trusts you and that you, know, you trust and, and the, I agree. A, yeah. an organic, a mutual alliance there, you know? I agree. I think it um, also greatly depends, um, you know, not just on the type of your product, but um, the, the type of your um, ICP or your ideal customer profile. If you are going after the so-called growth uh, opportunities, right, that does indeed become um, closer to a game of 
just well fine-tuned numbers. And yes, um, in the later stages um, of the sales cycles, what you had described becomes um, paramount. You cannot skip the um, you know relationship building piece, but you know it is a lot more about a really well thought through marketing sales funnel um, in in the growth side of things. But when it comes to selling to enterprise, um, your approach is uh, you know as relevant as ever from my experience. And you know Bloomreach uh, successfully. Um, targets both the growth and enterprise motions. So, you know, I think it is possible to combine the two approaches simultaneously in one business. And I've got to ask, in terms of culture, you've been there four years yourself. Um, how do you guys maintain that core culture as you scale? And how do you make sure that the, you know, the people that are joining the business now they have like the same like fulfilling experience that you know the, the early stage employees had yeah i mean that's that's a great great question because you know the business has changed so much just in my own experience like you know when, when i had joined the business we were maybe somewhere around 250 employees just the the pure scale of turning into um a a much more mature larger organization um, requires a lot of emphasis on that, like consistency of culture. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I think it all begins with um, leadership by example. Um, we have a fantastic C-suite. Um, it's really um, hard to overestimate, you know, overstate, uh, you know, how uh, exciting the leaders that I get to work with, um, you know, at least to me and in the market are. Um, our CEO um, is, is a veteran of this, you know, he's um, on his third successful venture with Bloomreach. Um, and I think he's an individual investor in over 20 Silicon Valley startups. Um, you know, so he's been um, around it. This is definitely not his first rodeo. So I think when he started building the company in 2009, um, company culture was one of the first things that they lay forward as, you know, we are not going to compromise on. It's going to be almost more important than some of our adjustments to, um, you know, the go-to-market motion and um, how we are finding the product market fit. You know, at the core, we want to represent certain values and this is what we are going to stick to and find people that echo um, these uh, values onwards. And, you know, if, if you um, are interested more specifically, um, our values are... Um, I believe we have five values, but again, there are so many things that don't need to be, you know, articulated into a formalized value um, for it to be an element of the culture. But, you know, our values uh, include uh, an emphasis on truth. So, you know, being honest and transparent, um, ownership, or we call it the value of own, where we ensure that, you know, individual owners, if they are assigned to a particular activity, are then held accountable, but also empowered. Um, to, to drive something to um, its hopeful eventual success. Um, emphasis on the kind of we culture, right? So common purpose, um, resilience through tough times. And they certainly have been tough times, even in my history um, with the company. And, you know, the market is up and down and um, targets keep growing and you need to keep pace. So, you know, to, to know that you are there together and, you know, able to rely on your colleagues is extremely important. Um, emphasis on critical thinking um, or, you know, 
emphasis on the, the difference between the kind of type one and type two decisions, right? So the more like irreversible decisions um, that are, you know, in that require a lot more caution, we like to think through, but then also move very quickly when it comes to the um, less impactful long-term decisions, right? So we don't lose that balance between being nimble, but still a stable, um, sustainable business. And I think the last formal uh, cultural value we represent um, is my favorite, and that's um, no drama. So you can take it as you like, but you know, for me, that means um, that uh, you always assume good intentions, that you are accepting of feedback, um, and that you know you um, don't think that every single member of the company is out to get you, uh, and you know treating each other with respect. I mean, you can also interpret it as no gossip in the office. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, it's f far more deep than, than that. The, the emphasis on no drama. Um, and you know, I, yeah, that, that, that's the hard one. I've got to say, like, um, I think I, so I've worked for a company before that went from being like very, very small to like very, very big. And, um, I think if I was, if Rayon, if there's one thing that I'm going to really take from that, well, in fact, two things. One, the emphasis on critical thinking, which I think is completely overlooked by most modern companies. Um, they don't, they don't appreciate it enough. Um, and two, the no drama, because the biggest mistake I made when I first started Rayon, I was so focused on what the engineers can do or what someone could do. I didn't really assess their character enough. And I didn't really think about how it would play out long-term. And now, funny enough, we don't call it no drama, but <laughs> um, um, that's that's essentially, yeah, that's essentially, I, th I think, the most important thing. And it's great that you've got that leadership that that recognises that. Yeah. It I mean, um, I think it really comes down to, like, you can formalise these things, you can write it on a sheet of paper, um, but your top leadership leadership needs to live it. Um, if you know it, it breaks down on on that level, um, it most likely won't trickle down through the organization. And you know, everyone is you know trying to live up to these values. I think it is also important to um, don't look at your you know company culture as like the moment you fail one of these values. Uh, you need to be put on a performance improvement plan and, you know, slowly moved out of the business. Uh, it's it's aspirational, right? It's not like I live up to these values every day. There are times when certainly I can be dramatic or when I don't critically assess um, the kind of type one decisions with enough rigor. But it, it's something that you want to strive towards. And as long as that's what the majority of the company does, you can scale from you know a series A company to a series F company, which is where we find ourselves right now, um, with a consistent experience in terms of the uh, company culture. Well, you're at series F. That's correct. Wow. Okay. I mean, I mean, which kind of leads me on to um, my next question. Also, uh, our last question, I guess, is the future, right? Where, where's this going for Bloomreach? And mm. what do you want to see happen? Hmm. Um, I think those are two slightly different uh, questions. So I'm going to start with the 
you know, future of the company. Um, everyone in the leadership team is in it for the long game, right? The team is still founder-led. Our CEO is um, part of the original founding team. I think at a at, at our stage of the company, that is quite rare. Um, so we are consistent um, to the mission of like fundamentally disrupting the e-commerce marketing landscape. That's what you know the team is there to do, and um, that's what we will deliver in the long run. Um, and I think the um, recent changes um, to AI-powered AI commerce and uh, um, um, generative AI changing the way um, shoppers are going to experience um, search experiences, for example, it's going to play a um, you know significant role in that disruption. Actually, you know, if one of the listeners is uh, interested in that specific subtopic, um, we are throwing on a pretty big summit um, on the 24th and 25th of August um, that is going to be focused all on AI-powered commerce and, you know, debating the prospects of what AI or generative AI means um, for the e-commerce experience of the future. So, you know, well, if... online uh, in person... It's going to be um, that specific summit is taking place in Napa Valley in California in person, but it's also going to be streamed online. Um, I, you know, there are going to be a bunch of industry leading experts, both from academia and, and practice, plus a couple of our um, envelope pushing customers um, in attendance. So um, we can maybe link the um, event in the podcast description. It's still I was about to say, guys, like, what we'll do, uh, if you look below, you will see the link for the uh, event for Bloom Ridge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and we can also push it out to, um, uh, if you want, we can put it on the Rayon newsletter. Uh, sure. Yeah. So, so, you know, we it's titled The Edge Summit because of, you know, how much uh, we believe the um, average e-commerce experience is going to be transformed by this technology. And, you know, we remain committed to um, being at the forefront of this um, technological revolution. So, yeah, join us. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, online or in person. Uh, it's in late August once again. So, um, yeah, if if we are going to see each other there, then, you know, reach out that uh, <laughs> you have uh, heard about it from the podcast. It would be, would be, would be nice to see. Awesome. No, we'll, we'll, def we'll definitely push it out um, yeah. to the round community. Yeah. I have to say that, you know, there's like, you know, AI is obviously at the forefront of absolutely everyone's mind now. Mm. Uh, but before we go, I mean, can I ask your personal views on, on AI? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what would you like to know? More and more yeah, I mean, so do you know what? I mean, so I'm I I like to take a more of a an a, a balanced approach on it, right? You're seeing the doomsday scenario people, mm. you've got the people that are gonna say it's going to create a utopian society. But where where do you sit with AI? Where do you see the potential, the opportunity, <laughs> you know, the risks? Yeah. Um uh, so <laughs> I, I might be um a bit more uh, skeptical than the average marketer. Uh, you know, so I really like the famous quote, uh, which goes something like, um, <laughs> if it is um, written in Python, it is um, most likely machine learning. And if it is written on a PowerPoint slide, it is most likely AI. <laughs> uh, so... I've heard that one before, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I wish I could remember um, who said it, but it's a famous quote. So, you know, I, I take that 
level of like caution in my personal beliefs as well. Um, I've studied the technology a little bit from um, you know an ethical and regulations point of view as well. I I don't think that we are uh, you know uh, going to be dealing with those doomsday uh, scenarios anytime soon. The technology is ultimately just a tool um, allowing us to scale what's already been happening um, across um, you know many of the existing industries of one of which e-commerce is one. Uh, a, a very good example. So there I can comment on a little bit more detail, but you know, join us for the summit to, to get a more expert opinion. But from my personal point of view, um, you know, it's going to be uh, the, the vehicle of large scale uh, shopping experience personalization. A lot of um, what is now possible with uh, generative AI um, is, is helping us unlock the scale um, of making sure that every single visitor sees the most relevant information throughout all of the different engagement channels, right? Of which the front end is just one, but uh, it's it's going to be huge. It already is when you look at the uh, most innovative companies amongst even our own customer base. You see that you know the market leaders are adopting um, um, AI in their daily practices very frequently um, and, and marketing is going to change fundamentally in the way content is created. I think people are going to become much more like editors of content rather than, um, you know, creating the initial drafts and, um, you know, like they, they will be giving direction to um, the large language models and then editing the output rather than needing to spend hours and hours thinking about the first draft which is exciting to me personally. I use uh, some of the early um, like chat GPT solutions in my daily practice and I can see the um, impact on my very own effectiveness. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I'm, I'm interested also to see what uh, Elon Musk does uh, with X to, uh, yeah, to compete, I guess, with the likes of- 100%. Uh, it'll be, it'll yeah. I only look at it from a very limited, uh, you know, e-commerce marketing view, but uh, I am sure that there are many more um, interesting industries where this will have a tremendous impact. And yeah, in my opinion, the more competition, the better. So, oh, it's, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of AI startups. That's for sure. But yeah. it's been great to have you today. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing what Bloomreach do next. My pleasure, and uh, yeah, hopefully see you around in August. See you then. See you then.